0: Hey Kevin, how are you this week? I'm like, yeah, very busy week honestly, in a good way, I think things are picking up, which is nice.
1: Yeah, exactly, No, I'd agree, I mean I'm seeing the same thing, is that, um, yep, sold some new work this week, which is great, got some new clients on boarded, but the market seems to be working out what to do in this new world,
0: which exactly. is good news. Yeah, exactly, so hopefully it's um, a lot more positive and we'll continue yeah. that way. And you uh, released your e-commerce report, I believe. We did last week. Yeah, so that's been a big success in terms of getting lots of attention. All very positive, actually. Definitely a a big talking point and something that we want to continue with as well. Yeah, and we'll cover that probably on a separate podcast. But the topic you wanted to cover this time was... Um, Uh, Yes, it's the power of focus. So how over time, the e-commerce report actually will link into that to a certain extent, but it's how getting started, no one knows where they want to go. You just try things. But actually, in order to grow, you need to pick a focus, a specialism, and I would say get narrower in terms of what you're doing to really make things work. You can't spread yourself too thin. So, Why is that? So, I mean, obviously, clients
1: drive our behaviours in many ways, because if people aren't buying anything, then you try and work out why and you refocus. But what's your view on – because there's a big debate in agency land, as we both know, about – Focus versus diversification.
0: There is. And I, I think there's I, I guess I'll give you my story of how it's worked for me. Because again, it's as yeah. always with this podcast, it's it's not a I have all the answers, follow me at all. It's this is what I've worked, this is how I failed and some things and um my learnings. But for me, I started as a specialist SEO freelancer, and that was through having an interest and then learning my craft in that topic. Then kind of through my own thought leadership, particularly in writing back in those times, led to attracting clients. And I think the natural journey, certainly my journey, was, okay, well, let's take that from a freelancer situation to an agency situation. And then as you start working with multiple clients, those clients, I think in the early days, are typically local. So you attract interest because of what you do and where you do it. With local clients in particular, I find... If they find someone they like working with, they'll ask them to do more. And it's it's kind of a natural extension of what's the closest thing to what you're doing that you could do more of. And there, there's an element of you need to innovate and improve and you can't just say no to anything else. And from a business perspective, you normally have ambitions and targets that you want to grow. So if someone's coming to you and they say, you've done a great job on SEO, can you do our paid search? The appealing answer to that is yes, let's double our budget and let's let's work with you on paid. And then they'll come along and say, Okay, well, can you do our social media? Can you do our analytics? And it, if you look at that logically, let's say you're charging a thousand pound per service, you've just taken a thousand pound client into potentially a four or five K client. That looks to me like sound business growth advice. So that's yeah, the yeah. way to do things. And I'm not saying it isn't, but I think the challenge is you then reach this ceiling of you potentially only working with the local clients who wants a bit more of a jack of all trades, like a digital marketing service as opposed to a specialist. Yeah, So a full
1: service agency, but on a micro scale.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think there's a business model for that, but I think yeah, you, there have is. Have, you have to pick what you want to do. And for us, it's been,
1: I think that's a low margin business. I think if yeah. you become a jack of all trades to a local niche market, it's highly unlikely you're going to be highly profitable.
0: It is. And I I remember we reached a stage kind of quite far into our journey, but we had broadened out our offering for that reason that we just grow with our clients in the areas that they ask for. And I remember we had budget to hire one person and we wanted to hire uh, in terms of like the client needs that we had to deliver. We were looking for SEO, paid search, and it probably was a bit of social analytics as well. And if there's one person exists that can service all of them, firstly, they're lying. Secondly, they're not very good, um, at at least not at all of them. Because in my experience, I've done SEO for 17 years. I wouldn't call myself an expert. I was uh, definitely not in a self-proclaimed way. And I think that I would always like to be almost like that student of i'm always learning and improving what i'm doing exactly and even if i could call myself an expert of an seo i definitely couldn't in paid search analytics or any of the other areas that touch upon it and i think that's the that's the key thing is that when you look at what clients want which is ultimately what we're here for to serve our clients yeah it's typically at the larger client end of the scale at least they want specialists, they want the best in the business at that one thing and specific challenge. And if that means they have to work with multiple people, they would prefer to get the best in the business as opposed to someone that can do everything in an average way. And we certainly as an agency reached a point where I think we were good at everything. I don't think there was ever a service we were bad at, but we lost our way and we definitely found that we were no longer great at anything. And yeah. that's when we went back to our roots of, okay, well SEO is my passion and it's what I think our best results for our clients have come from. Sometimes we started to let ourselves down in the sense of some of the other services and they just, again, they were good, but could we put our hat on saying we're the best in the business at Paysearch? search? No. And that's where actually focus has really started to help because we've, we've pinpointed what is it, what is it that we're great at? Yeah. And then let's do more of that. Let's I think you've mentioned kind of something,
1: you know, something really important about passion. You know, I'm a massive believer, and I say it to my son uh, all the time, is that find something you're passionate about. If you find something that you're genuinely passionate about, which has longevity, so you know, w- whatever that might be, the chances are if you build a business around it, if people are willing to pay for that, it's got longevity because you'll stick with it because it's a passion. You won't get up in the morning and go, I'm a bit bored of this. I'll try something different. Over the many years, you know, I've built all sorts of businesses and bought and sold businesses and restructured them. You know, there's a couple of things inside me, which are real big drivers of why I get up in the morning and why I work long hours and why I try and the more I practice, the luckier I get is because I love building businesses. I love working with people like you, a client and a friend and now podcast partner, because (laughs) you're passionate about your business and you're passionate about your topic and I enjoy helping people to grow their businesses. And I'm also passionate about negotiation and procurement. As you know, building commercial models. We did it last night. Yeah, we had a live kind of session together on trying to build a new commercial model for all of our clients.
0: Exactly, yeah. And it's fascinating. And it's that back and forth of yeah. looking at things from different perspectives where neither of us have all the answers, but it's just trying to bring it together. And I think that's right. And the flip side is also true. If you don't have a passion, why are you going to put the work in to make it happen? Absolutely. It's- I mean, my worst
1: nightmare would be running like one of these massive, big network agencies where it's just all things to all people. You know, I first joined uh, a big professional services firm many years ago. And I asked one of the directors when I was a junior consultant, what do we do? What do we specialize in? He Mm -hmm. said, Mike, everything. And I'm like, but (laughs) I can't go to a client and say we do everything. It makes no sense
0: yeah it's like where do you draw the line do you yeah. take them to the airport on the way to the holiday exactly <laughs>
1: <It's>,
0: <laughs> I'll pack your suitcases for you uh, okay yeah. that's interesting <laughs> exactly it's it, it's a bit nuts in terms of how far you can go with it but well, I know something think you mentioned cool. by the way so something
1: that I think would be great to, to draw on if you're prepared to talk about it is the events in your life that drive big changes yeah. so what, what kind of what's happened to you
0: Yeah so I I was actually going to touch upon what you were saying in terms of passion but when I built and kind of ended up kind of exiting my last agency which is now formed uh, Resignal is it was a point where I wasn't enjoying myself if I had too many days in a row where I went into work and felt like oh this is a bit of a slog don't really want to get up today I don't really do I want to drive into work and be in the office and like I'm very rarely like that, and if I am, it's an off day. Absolutely. The next day, I'm back. <laughs> in fact, take... I
1: can tell. I think yeah. I've, I think in the last twelve months, I think I've seen you with one off day. And you normally, weren't well.
0: <laughs> I'll take take a weekend. I don't even need to take a day off sometimes, and it's just like it's fine. It just reset, go for a yeah. walk, whatever. But if I've got even two or three days in a row like that, there's something wrong. And yes. I definitely reached that point in 2012. So this, I built an agency from 2006 to 2012. And I think, again, hindsight makes this so much clearer. But during that time, sadly, my dad died from cancer. Yeah. And I think the reason that I wasn't enjoying going to work was probably much more to do with life than it was work. And it yeah. was actually at that point in time, though, that the thing I've realized looking back is I think in running agencies, there's been almost like a seven-year cycle of every seven years, I feel like we need to reinvent ourselves. Maybe sometimes that's uh, me. That's and a
1: very interesting point, by the way. We'll come back that, to the seven-year cycle. I've got a theory. There's a seven-year cycle.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> like, it's interesting you have, there's a lot with seven years as well. It's kind of like there's a seven-year itch in personal relationships. Yeah. I'm a big football fan. Jurgen Klopp was manager of a couple of German clubs for seven years each and then it kind of ran its course. And I I like to think that actually stuff doesn't run its course after seven years but you can reinvent yourself and do something that can take it to the next level. For me, the big life events have definitely occurred alongside how we've changed and repositioned and refocused the agency. Definitely. And I don't think that's a coincidence that if I'm honest at the time, I don't think I picked up on, but I think yeah. back, that's not a coincidence. It's these are the the things that make you think life's too short. I'm going to do what I enjoy, or I'm not enjoying this. What could I do that's following my passion? And I feel like this could be better. And I think looking back for me, there's been probably two big life events. Definitely my dad dying in 2012 completely opened my eyes for a number of things and made me look at, Things in a different way, good or bad, but yeah, it, no, very it, sad, but yeah, very true. Definitely makes you think about things and also going for a divorce as well. It makes that's something that from an agency perspective, there's no way you can be at your best and go through life events like that. I in both situations try to work my way through it and yeah. do my best, but you're completely distracted, and there's emotions and everything else that go through you that means that okay, I'm not gonna have. confidence going into that pitch when there's just other things that are going on in your life. And for me now looking back and the other side of that, I would say that in some ways that taking the good from those situations, it's been a point to reassess and then think about where do we want to go? So like... So how does
1: it help focus? So on this topic, very interesting. how, How have those life events changed the way that you focus the business?
0: So certainly in 2012, I think... In Oxford, we ended up, I definitely wouldn't say we were a local agency, we were winning national clients. And it, it was a good place to be. But I think I'd lost a bit of that passion around the other service areas. Mm-hmm. And also times have changed. I think back then, you could get away with being a jack of all trades, because everything was relatively new. And it was fast paced and evolving. But yeah, certainly in the time 2012 to where we are now in 2020, to be a specialist you need to have deep expertise and back then you could definitely get away with here's a framework and fundamentals just go away and do it and now you you can't you need even even the term technical SEO is quite broad because there's so many aspects within that Um, okay I think the first one there was definitely focus in specialization so kind of more horizontal in terms of what is it that we offer to our clients and I think the second one has become more vertical. It's actually what type of clients do we do our uh-huh. best work for? So and
1: horizontal, as in you've picked of the bits of the value chain about, let's say, digital marketing. You yep. narrowed it down to, right, it's this. Yep. And now you're saying what kinds of clients, i.e., what sectors do we best serve?
0: Exactly. And I I think just to go back a step, I think the common logic with this is you start small and you aim big. So yep. you start as That's a... Right. SEO agency that just specializes in e-commerce because we can't do everything. And then you grow into travel and then you grow into That's right. Financial services and B2B, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. And So at that sense.
1: point, I think it's really important. I think, so you focus the proposition, yeah. which attracts people that are experts in that area because people are our businesses. So we amass around us people that are deep experts in our domain. Yeah. And then what we do is to grow your business, You say, well, I'm a deep expert in SEO Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, within certain parameters. Yeah. And we're doing that in travel or in e-commerce. And then when you feel like you've dominated that enough or you're ready to grow, you grow by sector. Now let's learn more about travel. Let's have an anchor client in travel and grow more about travel or in consumer goods or whatever it might be. That makes a lot more sense to me.
0: That makes a lot more sense. I don't think that happens. I right. think very rarely. I've seen it in a couple of <laughs> cases. And I think that's the logical. If I was to advise someone on what they should do if they were starting today, I would absolutely say that. I think what people do is they. I think it's. I'm trying to think the best way to word this, but it's almost. I think what you need is. It's almost that abundance mindset. People are. They have a certain amount of scarcity and it's. If we lose a client, what are we going to do? Because it's the end of the world. And yeah. we if we don't win this pitch, we don't have anything else in our pipeline. So actually, what are we going to do in that situation? And I think if you can switch the scarcity to abundance, you can then realize that actually there's there's so much out there yeah. that you just need to understand who it is that you want. Actually, for every client that you lose, another one will come along. For every yeah. pitch, News, another opportunity will come along that their competitor might come along the next day and it's being about kind of better prepared for that situation but i i do think and word of mouth kevin you know a
1: big believer in we we both are if you if you focus on a sector so you've got a niche proposition with brilliant people around you you become known as experts and you're sector focused well people in sectors talk to people in the same sector they do they talk to each other and then you find you get inbound inquiries you work with x they're in my sector thought we could have a conversation
0: exactly right yeah and and that's definitely the way it works and i think what happens and certainly in our case what's happened is we've gone through this journey of let's be good at one thing let's try some other things which is getting more horizontally led in the form of services and then let's go back to what we're really good at and let's nail it yes and then let's figure out even more focus behind who do we do a good job for and in general best results for the clients where we can measure business success so oh b2c is definitely something that is more measurable because yeah whether that's e-commerce or travel you know how much money someone has paid because it's an online transaction exactly Uh, Financial services sometimes have that sometimes it's more lead gen based b2b likewise you can work backwards to a customer value but it's harder but in general i think if it's not if it's an online transaction and people are spending money as an investment in digital marketing, I'm pretty confident we can show them a very positive ROI.
1: Because you can show the before and you can show the after. Before you had us, it was this. After you've had us, it's this. You can see the ROI.
0: That's, that's exactly right. And I think, again, learning from failings, um, and this is probably a podcast topic in itself, but in the past we put too much effort on marketing ourselves as an agency how do we speak at every event how do we blog every day at some point probably how do we make sure we're loud and active on social and that stuff works it gets attention it gets clients but if you're not doing a good job for your clients and you're not servicing them there's no point looking great externally absolutely fact, you set yourself up for failure and the way we've done flipped our approach is more inside out so how do we start by let's just understand what our clients KPIs are let's get great results for our clients if we do that we retain them if we do that significantly we grow with them they're more likely to give referrals they're more likely to be a strong case study that becomes an award exactly the learnings we have from it can become thought leadership we can invite them to events and they can tell everyone how good we are rather than us needing to say it and but done in a a natural way that's it's what we're here for. We're here to get great results for our clients. And again, I, mean, I
1: watched something yesterday on, um, it was phrased as user-driven marketing. Yeah. Well, it's a nice catchphrase, but it's good old fashioned, what we understand as being, if you have brilliant client testimonials and they'll speak about you and they'll therefore work with you on winning awards, then yeah, people are going to be attracted to that. And it's yeah. no more complex than that. Do brilliant work make sure as part of the deal when you negotiate with your clients that they agree to a testimonial providing we get the results. Yeah. and they do the testimonial, you market that and that attracts more clients. Exactly. That's yeah. what it's <laughs> I mean. It's not new.
0: It's, people, it's not have been new. Talking, <laughs> people have been talking about make your customer your hero, I would imagine, for long before I even got started in anything. Before you were born. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's not new. But I think, again, that comes with focus. The more yeah. that you can do that, and it's based on results, if you've got clients that you don't get results for, you need to learn from what it is. And actually, interestingly, I went to a supper club event last year and the person there was, did a talk and he was talking about how there's a great business inside every business. I thought that was actually quite a good insight and it, it got me thinking about, okay, well, what is it that is there? And his point was, you just need to find, identify, and focus on that great thing, which I, I thought was a really good tip. I said that to... Richard Parsons from Cranfield. Oh, yeah. His reaction was, Yeah, but there's also a really shite business inside everything. <laughs> there is. <laughs> and it, it's, it's right. They're both right. And there's two different angles. That's right. And you do lots of stuff that makes a lot of sense. It makes you money. It makes your clients happy. That's where you should focus. And on the flip side, there's a load of stuff you do that stresses you out, stresses your team out, drains you, doesn't make you any money. That's where I think the focus comes from. There's the, analysis but I think you definitely need a step back like in my case those life events I think have definitely enabled me to think about what is it we're doing here why are we doing that like you don't think like that on a day-to-day basis it's it could even it could be a holiday some of my best ideas and having a walk on the beach it's definitely not that's right Um, yeah
1: normally I have my my creative ideas and I believe in you know creativity isn't big bang theory in my book creativity is if every week I have one small idea and I embed that in the work I do and then of the 10 ideas in 10 weeks five of them prove to be really great for clients yeah that's how I I mean I've been you know this procurement and negotiation work I've been doing for the last couple of years if I look back now there's lots of small incremental things that I'm doing yeah that are now evidenced by clients going that's great exactly small thing I do surveys now so before I do any work with a client, I do a survey. And the survey is a baselining exercise. Yep. So I give them 12 questions to answer. And they, 20 people do the survey. And then they give me the results back. And I feed that back into the beginning of the program on negotiation and procurement insights for their sector. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes, wow, that's great. Because yep. we've now all got a common understanding of where we are.
0: That makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. Simple things. Simple things that make a big difference. It does. And I think that's... To me, I've always said innovation is a big, scary word that really shouldn't be. I look at it as break it down into its continuous improvement. It's those daily changes. But then alongside that, I think you do need to take that almost like 100,000-foot view of how do you look back and spot the trends that you don't see on a day-to-day basis.
1: If you look back to the 1950s, I think it was, uh, when continuous improvement, Kaizen, uh, was invented broadly by a guy called, think, Deming, who was an American who went to Japan post-war to help them rebuild their manufacturing economy. And it was all around continuous improvement. Every day, we do one small thing to the manufacturing line to improve the quality of our
0: output. Exactly.
1: You take that forward 10 years, you are virtually unbeatable.
0: And there's definitely a maths equation that I can't do on top of my head, but if you improve 1% per day, there's a massive compound interest behind that. Massive compound doesn't mean, interest. Doesn't mean that you improve 365% a year. It's uh, it's a big amount. Tens yeah. of
1: thousands, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, let's draw it to a close. So what are your kind of key
0: takeaways from this for our, our listeners? I think it's understanding where that value you provide really is, but how do you combine that with what your passion is as well? Because that's where you're going to really thrive. And I think if you can pinpoint what is it that you're passionate about and have to add, what is it that your clients value? That's where I think you can take things to the next level. Certainly from an agency perspective, you can become a bit of a commodity in the sense of if you just grow, because that's what people are asking for. They're quite often looking for the best deal and shopping on price. If you can actually build a passion and build, Deep expertise in a specific area—that's where I think you can then hold your prices, charge a premium, and exactly attract the interest from the clients that you really want to work with, that are a lot more exciting. So, yeah, for me, I think that focus is is really important. But also, definitely, just talking us through—it's how do you even think of those bigger ideas? So, the continuous improvement is hugely important. But what do you need to almost get your brain into that state to think of? what do you, what do you do? And obviously I wouldn't advise on life events that in a bad way, I I would more think about how do you take relaxation and take breaks and switch off because that might then allow you to look back at the trends and think forwards. I
1: had a brilliant, brilliant, I I completely concur with that. Definitely. I think, you know, we're absolutely on the same page around focus. Um, Many years ago, I worked for an R and D director when I was an engineer, he'd always come in in the morning and you go, I've got an idea that I've been thinking about. And in the end, we said, Clive, you know, you come in like twice a week and do this. What goes on at night with you? He says, I have a bath. And in the bath, I get these ideas because I'm in a state of relaxation. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. In your state of relaxation, when your mind isn't busy with the day's stuff, is when things
0: come to you. Exactly. Exactly. I know, I know someone that has a um, notepad that you can use within water because it's in his shower for that reason. Wow. <laughs> but, um Because the best idea is... Someone. tip. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can buy them on Amazon. It's like 10 quid or something. I think there's a lot of logic in that. And I, I also like, just to wrap things up, Like the value of actually looking backwards because I think yeah. I'm definitely guilty of, on a day-to-day basis, I might feel like I'm running through treacle. And when I look back to actually where were we Twelve months ago, two years ago, three years ago, yeah. I then realised, okay, those small wins are actually adding up into something that yeah, they really are. And know, I, I think
1: know. the um, the resignal breakthrough around that kind of e-commerce report. You can't write something of that quality and depth until you become experts in your domain and in your sectors, and then that refocuses the mind. Kevin, as always, it's been fantastic. So I thoroughly enjoyed that, and hope our listeners got uh, a few points out of that they can take forward.
0: Yeah, likewise. Thanks much.